welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Tradey Hour. And uh, what an amazing start it's been to October. New South Wales officially off and running and uh, trade construction and everyone, let's just say, is back in. You know, freedom of movement is showing up as it relates to New South Wales. Queensland is going as strong as they always have. Nothing much has uh, gotten in the way of Anastasia and their crew over there. South Australia's going, okay, Tasmania's absolutely busting at the seams and WA from all we know. Um, I think that guy over there is doing an amazing job in almost running his own country. However, WA's going well. The only bit, the only bit to the puzzle that still needs a little bit of uh, manoeuvring and maybe our guests here uh, today at uh, this episode of the Tradies Hour being uh, the, the phenomenal, the phenomenal business known as... Uh, uh, traffic diversions group may, may may have a bit of influence, I guess, to opening um, our roads and our lives and ultimately our businesses here in uh, in, in Victoria. So Victoria is the missing piece to get the uh, the whole Australian economy back in order. In saying that, um, I've spoken to at least five or uh, five or so businesses uh, throughout today and um, in trades and construction and predominantly in Victoria. And the spirits are high. The, the workloads are still very strong and heavy. And uh, without a further ado, I want to introduce our uh, guest here this afternoon, Joe Caprara from Casaform. Good to see you, Joe. How are you? Hello. How's, uh, how's it all going? Give me a little bit of an intro to your business because, again, <clears throat> Casaform could mean anything. What does it mean? Casa form, uh, we uh, supply uh, bespoke uh, engineering and uh, equipment solutions to the high-rise construction and uh, civil industry. So, for, and when it comes to formwork, so we do all the temporary works, designs, and all that, and supply the equipment to suit your suit your, your project. So, so it'd be fair to say, if there's uh, if if there's future pacing, or if I can see through a crystal ball, whether the the construction industry, the trade industry is going to keep on being busy. You'd be loading up more equipment to be selling and or providing to these uh to these 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 situations that mean construction I'm, is alive. I'm doing that just now, Steph. We've got over six million dollars worth of uh, uh, rental quotes in the system. Uh, sure, it's been a little bit delayed now because of the the, the recent closures, but. Uh, and this is all work that's due to happen before Christmas. So, you know, I think some of it will get pushed out. That's just a fact. Uh, and, just very, but, and just very quickly as a ratio, how much of that work or opportunity is within Victoria versus outside of Victoria? Uh, look, 95, say 90% of it's Victorian-based. So the Victorian construction and trade industry, as we all know, and we're going to hear from... Uh, yeah some Goliaths in their industry in a moment, um, Paul and Ross from uh, Traffic Diversions Group. It's fair to say, my God, there's so much work and, and, and the industry is truly swelling. Yes, there was a bit of a handbrake for a couple of weeks, but the ice hasn't melted. It's actually swelled. And now we've got to still deliver on time and on budget and a little bit more than what we promised, Joe. So from your business perspective, are you going to be okay to, uh, to take on what is and what could be strong conversion and strong climate for supplying the goods that you do to, uh, to the trade? 
Bring it on. <laughs> Bring, it Bring it on. on. Go, Joe. Team itching. They're, they're at the gates ready to bloody, you know, jump out the gates, mate. And, and I think it's important we uh, we have an attitude of bring it on because the next five to ten years, literally, um, in in all areas of Australia, that is, and predominantly the eastern uh, the eastern seaboard states, and we're going to hear from both businesses today and some of your uh, considered expansion plans and growth plans into other territories as part of your your scalability uh, model, but. It's fair to say if you are truly running a high-performance team, a high-performance business, and you as the leader, the owner of a trades and or construction business, don't have a glass ceiling. Now, when we say glass ceiling, we mean it's there. You can't see it, but you bump up against it. A business benchmark group, we say, no, 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 no glass ceiling. As an owner, as a leader, you've got to work really hard to grow your people to do a better job than you, to attract clients that are better than the ones you just served, to get paid on time and ultimately keep on building a reputation for delivering on time and on budget. And therefore, you're building a waiting list. Two waiting lists, Joe, a waiting list of A-grade customers wanting to keep on doing business with you and or they heard about you and they want more. And then the other waiting list we want to be growing in our trades and construction-based business, and we're going to talk a fair bit about that today because our guest um, and spotlight um, interview today is a business that literally six years ago used to have 100 people out on the road holding lollipops and today own the category, like literally own the category, as in they are the benchmark traffic management business in Victoria and just about to expand to other regions. And they have over 500 on average. Now, managing a 500 person on the road business versus a 100 on on the road business is not that much harder when you are focused on building structures and giving people, empowering people to be better. So I'm really, really looking forward to today's uh, conversation with Paul and Ross, the owners of, uh, of of Traffic Diversions Group. But just coming back to you, Joe, and um, and the opportunity that is, how is the uh, how is the team's morale with the last two weeks, and, and ultimately feeling like they were held back? Did, were they held back? What sort of activities was your business engaged in while the industry had a handbrake on it? We uh, we all worked right through because we've we've got works in Queensland, South Australia, and regional Victorian areas that were still open. Um, you know, so we've we've continued quoting. We've t- sure it slowed down, and the the um, decisions weren't getting made in that two week period. It's almost as if the construction industry took a two week break. You know, and I was talking to one customer today, and he said. They love the break, you know, it's something we should almost have every year just to go, right, we'll just shut the whole industry down for two weeks just to refresh because it's been great. So, you know, we see it being embiggered. Uh, as soon as it comes back, well, it's starting to come back now. All the phone calls are starting. And, uh, you know, one other point I wanted to make, uh, Stefan, has really hit home to me lately. You know, you mentioned uh, that last week you said, you know, if you had, you know, $10 to spend, you should spend ninety, you know, nine dollars of that in the operational area, and that's what we've done. That's what exactly what we've done. And and one of my top clients today said to me, without doubt, Joe, you are the best and supply supply the best product in the market. Yeah, and and good product 
overridden by great service, <laughs> great communication, great ownership by the whole team. The yeah. whole ethos of a benchmark business is, is that we'll always have a waiting <clears throat> list. So therefore, if I had $10, Joe, I would always spend $9 at customer journey level every single time. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of money in market yet until I get the reputation and the model of what I what I'm what business am I in? What problem am I solving? How is it that I'm growing a team that's following a structure that's getting better at predictability? Whether there's five people on the team or five hundred, as we're going to hear in a moment, and you and, and, and it's a we're in business, so it's humans. You're dealing with people, not machines. So there's got to be some flexibility that not always everything you want will go to plan, but it's how you empower people to learn, to learn from their, what we call a mistake or how they didn't do something that should have been done to the level. It's our application as leaders to go back and say, okay, how do we do this better next time? What are we learning from this? If anyone has any uh, questions um, in, in the audience, please um, put them through either direct to uh, to uh, to Rob and or myself, and we'll uh, we'll cover off on these. Please feel free to get engaged and and and, and involved. We've got some uh, amazing um, guests here today. Um, Joe from from um, Cassaform and, uh, and 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 a big welcome to Paul and uh, Paul McRedman and Ross McDonald from uh, TDG Traffic Diversions Group. I mean, you know, if there's ever a uh, you know, I love. I mean, I called my business um, the Business Benchmark Group in 2005 because uh, when I built that textile manufacturing business in the 90s and uh, sold it for uh, a fair bit of coin. Uh, the only reason I did that in Australia in a shitty industry was because I got committed to building a benchmark business. And I didn't want to hear all that noise of, oh, mate, you're crazy. Why are you putting all your time and energy into the textile industry? Why are you doing something that's dying? It's not for you. Don't do it. No, no, no. If you're going to do it, if you're going to put your hand up, do it well. And testament to Paul and Ross and what they've done with um, TDG, a brand, a name, a, uh, a sense of confidence, to know you're out on the road and, uh, you know, with so much infrastructure going on and so much civil going on and so much pain in the ass with the traffic uh, situations going on to uh, to know that predominantly at every corner you're, uh, you're being looked after by a team and organisation that has quality and safety centred to the piece. However, Paul and Ross, put your hand up, Paul, so we know who Paul is. Put your hand up, Ross. There we go. So the good-looking one's Ross and the, uh, the younger-looking one's uh, Paul. So, guys, it was about six or so years ago when we met and we had a bit of a chat and then we got onto a, a bit of a let's go and have some fun and, and we were doing about 100, 120 people a day back then and where we are now, 500-plus, and, and, you know, there, there is competition. There's plenty of competition and they're all doing a great thing, but our business is definitely the leader and the front runner. And, and sometimes it's really hard to be number one, right? And we don't brag about that. We actually treat that with the respect needed. And we also collaborate with many of our comp competitors on, on many things, as long as it's going to help the industry elevate and be better. But for you guys, and I'll go to, I'll go to Paul with this one. Um, what's been the driving light? What's been the driver for you guys to continue to innovate and go to your edge, get uncomfortable and then go again, get uncomfortable and go again? What do you think? What can you share as it relates to your business and your journey um, to kick us off today, Paul, um, as to what's been the massive ingredient for you? 
Well, I think to start with the, the confidence in our industry. So we, we identified a number of years ago that our industry was going to be getting a lot busier and was going to remain busy for an extended period of time. Um, so I've been in this in this industry for no, 15 odd plus years now. And it's only over recent years that we've actually had that confidence that there's long-term um, volume in our industry. So, so having the confidence that there's a lot of work ahead of us and will be for a number of years gives you the confidence to be able to invest back into the business and back into the, the back office and the technology and the efficiencies and, and all the rest of it that comes with that comes with that investment. So so really, you know, it was identifying a number of years ago that um, like I said, there's no ceiling and whatever it's going to be, we've got over 500 today. I'm not sure that we ever really thought we we're going to get to 500. Um, but working with yourself, we, we identified a number of years ago, Project 500, we called it, within our business, which was what did our business need to look like if we were to put 500 people out on the road. Now, we thought 500 was a stupid number that we would never be able to achieve, but we should be able to do 350 really easily if we had the systems and people in place to do 500. Um, so what do you know? We ended up by doing 500 and now 500 is our, our normal and when we drop below 500 people a day out working, then we start to you know scratch our heads and start asking questions as to why. So, um, so it's, that, well, it's a bit of a mindset. It's a bit of a, a challenge to set your business up to be able to um, handle that sort of volume. It's obviously a bit of investment into your people and the resources around you to put those and manage those number of people out on the road each day. Um, and then technology and um, the efficiency gains that you get through enhanced technology. So we've, we've invested a lot back into the back office around our operational database, how that feeds into our clients, how that feeds into our, our, our accounts, <laughs> payroll and invoicing, um, training software, onboarding software. So we've really partnered up with some good key people that have helped us in a lot of those areas that have just led to those efficiency gains. Um, even since the start of COVID, we've gone from 300-odd people out on the road to now 500 in the last 18 months. Um, and we've been able to manage that increased volume without hiring any additional accounts staff, for example. And that's all been on the back of being able to invest into the, into the um, efficiency gains through our operational database ahead of that time. So, so we've been... Uh, we've, Invested heavily in the years prior, and now we're seeing the um, the rewards for that, if you like. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing, and it's so cool to follow a, a synopsis of the journey of of what happened between one hundred and five hundred, the commitments as it relates to uh, the you know in technology, in in building a database, building the back of the house. But I'm also going to um, reflect on, and I, and I know when we. Um, when we used to, and I'm looking at the training room, it's in front of me right here. I'm looking at the training room where we used to sit and we say, no, no, Project 500. One day, what if we were at 500? What are the challenges? What are the obstacles? What are the investments? How is it that we're continuing to know we're putting our houses on line? Because as owners, we put our houses on the line. I mean, that's when you really think about it, not only are we not sleeping occasionally at night, but our houses are on the line. And it takes a fair bit of conviction it takes a lot of trust in yourself to say, okay, game on. Or you can sort of play it a bit safe and you never get to truly realise the full potential of any situation. So 
Ross, for you, who, who you know, you're, you're, you're being a hard worker all your life and um, in fairness uh, are responsible for, for many of our uh, team that have grown within the business and, and have become amazing leaders right now. And, and when you think about your journey, when you think about your journey and, and how you have helped people on your team be respected, be, be, be treated as if they were owners, being given opportunities for leadership and they took it on. What can you share as it relates to your personal journey and learning around helping others be better? Well, I think it's all about standards. There's, there's two ways to, to, to run a business and one of them is to, to get business by price gouging and, and, and trying to match all the other prices. Well, the other way is to set standards, and, and that's what you set for your staff. Uh, if you set the high standards, uh, then you don't have to worry so much about the price. So all your competitors have to try and catch up to that standard, to that level, um, or they just get left behind. So you've got to in, embed that in your people, that it's about the standards and the quality that they put out every day um, that will bring more work and supply a, a secure future for them, their families and 500 workers that we put out a day. Um, so, yeah, it's all about standards and, and setting the right standards for yourself. And, and within those standards is this thing about values. You know, what are the values of the business? Are we truly living them or are they something that's a gimmicky? Because, again, you meet businesses that have got great mission statements, vision statements, and blah, 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 which can be a little marketing inspired, which is great. It can get the attention of perhaps a, a TV station or something. But, but in fairness, it's no different to the rules around the dinner table at home. What are our values here? How do we how do we behave as it relates to our dinner table at home? How is it that we're going to be ultimately behaving as a, as a community of co co-workers, peers, all on one page heading in one direction? I feel watching the uh, the traffic diversions group, the TDG journey. Um, um, prosper over the last um, six years and even as recent as the last week or two where, you know, some of our internal team are growing and growing to great levels, but we're also wanting to keep on elevating and, and, and increasing the, uh, the level, the standard of our people that we're bringing in. Like every new hire, and you've had some really good recent hires in the business, is all about increasing the average. Right, increasing the average, bring a new level of standard, new level of, you know, and the day we had last week where we um, we certainly made a massive decision for the business. And again, being additive, elevating the standard, bringing in people that are going to help our current people, including, you know, they get help by being part of our business. When you think about that, and 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 for anyone that might be listening to this as it relates to, okay, I'm not doing this team thing right yet. I can be doing it better. And I'll go to all three of you, Joe, Paul, or Ross. What are one, two, three tips? Like you just shared a few, Ross, but what are the one, two, three tips as it relates to, okay, if you bite the bullet and, and you're hiring people, get the right people on the bus, man. Get the right people doing the right things and call it tight is the two things I'm going to say right up front. Joe, what would you say to anyone that, again, is at a crossroad of building high-performance team, better team, functional team in the trade and or construction business. Joe, don't let that gold get lost, man. 
yeah, look, exactly what you've said, uh, Stefan, but probably a couple of things is get the position right, get the KPIs right, uh, get the talent mapping right, and uh, everything else will follow. I mean, you, you've you got to get the KPIs right for the individual and the role you're trying to create. Because uh, you know what? What I've found in, in general in business is employees want to do, your team want to do everything possible to try and help you achieve. They want to do the right thing. But unless you're clear on what you want to do and what you have to do, it's not clear. If it's not clear in my head, then it can't be clear in the employee's head. Give them the clarity and they'll perform. And Joe, in your experience, if you've got good people, senior people, more experienced people coming into the business, getting them to focus on more things, is that better for them or not so good for them? Uh, well, unless it's a specific project, I think you've got to be very clear on, on, uh, on, on keeping their job roles simple uh, and to the point. Uh, one thing I hate a church doing is getting cross... I mean, I love having cross-pollination of skills within the, the team, but I, I, I want the team to be focused in what they've got to achieve, not being distracted. You know, they've got to be focused on what... I'm always looking for those distractions, hate them. You know, yeah, I don't nice. mind them from time to time on little projects, but outside of those little projects, they've got to be specific. Yeah, brilliant. And I've got a question that's just come through um, on the private chat here. Um, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll put this out to you, Paul. How do you keep people focused on what it is that they're responsible for? How do you help people? You know, in a small team, you need more people doing more things. But then as the business grows, I think this is where this, um, this, this conversation is coming from here in the chat. How do you keep people focused on truly what they're responsible for? What, what can you speak to as it relates to that? Oh, look, I think it's a really good question. And, and I've actually just written down a couple of things here after, um, uh, after listening to Joe talk then. So, um, you know, we can all learn from each other along the journey. Don't worry about that. Um, so I, I, I think for us, I mean, obviously communication is the key. So you need to be communicating with your key people on a regular basis to make sure that they're essentially living out how you think about things and how you think want things addressed. Um, so communication is obviously is obviously key, um, but it, it, it's making sure that we're all on the same page. So, so some of the things that Joe talked about there, removing the distractions, KPIs, you know, there's a couple of things that I've written down there to, for, for our team. We're working heavily on that. Removing distractions is something that we've just started a process of with our team, our senior team, and getting their roles streamlined further so that they can be, particularly in our operations departments, they can be focused exactly on where they need to deliver and not be distracted by, um, by additional tasks and, and things. Um, a little bit difficult at the moment with COVID because COVID is a massive distraction. We'd rather be concentrating on other things within our business, but it is what it is. Um, but, uh, but that laser focus is something that we've been trying to um, concentrate on with our bit of a, a restructure that we're going through our business at the moment. So, um, no, no, for me, I think, I, think, I think it's those two things. It's, it's enhanced communication through these sort of tricky times. Um, and I like the removing the distractions because that's exactly what we're going through right now. Yeah, and, 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 and what I've come to see and also experience in my own business um, for a long time is 
you get to a certain point, and I'm and I'm talking about your first million to two million dollars in business, which both your businesses have sort of left behind ages ago. However, you get to that stage, and your org chart is a little spread at that point. As you go upper, as it relates to those numbers, your org chart becomes a little more, a little larger, but it gets more defined. In other words, less is more. See, you know, in in all fairness, a reasonable a reasonable team member. And again, depending on their level, is going to put in more than their 40 hours, right? And you don't want them putting in more than 55 or 60 either within reason, right? You don't want them doing that either because that's burnout. And you've got to optimise this thing called work life and all that other stuff that comes with that. However, as we get better and more progressed in business, particularly trade and construction where, you know, it's, it's a very technical thing. Even when you get into managerial or leadership positions, it's the technical thing that typically got you there. And therefore letting go of old habits is important. Less is more. The tighter the focus, the better the opportunity to kick the goals. Like if I'm a full forward, if, I ain't in the full, if I'm not in the forward line, how am I going to kick goals? If I'm the best ruckman in the business, if I'm the best midfielder in the business, what am I doing in the in the back line? Do you know what I mean? So if you stay really focused and get, as leaders, it's our responsibility because it's part of our learning. Part of our learning is accepting that they're going to do two or three things less, but the four or five things they do, they're going to go better and deeper. Bang, that's the gold. And therefore you've got individuals that are raising their bar and lifting the average in terms of execution right on par, which means by them doing that, you bolt on an expert that fills the void, the whole thing starts moving up, which is really cool. Ross, from your perspective, and again, you know, this is a, uh, this, this is a, a, uh, a sign of the time, the, the, the change as it relates to the acceptance and in fairness, it's long overdue, the acceptance of inclusion and the acceptance of all that social uh, um, employment um, 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 situation that's playing out, particularly in construction and, and tier one governments and, and, and high profile. How is it the TDG is navigating through that? Because I understand there's, um, there's, a, there's a significant leadership um, position that we've taken in our industry and and we're working through and we have uh, well I'll let you share what what is our approach and or uh, uh, strategic approach to to all that and how that's playing out for us we um, identified and it's a crucial thing to identify people that are good at one thing and steer them towards that one thing and let them let them go sort of thing so we hired a, uh, a guy who looks after the social procurement side of things for us, uh, not social procurement, social inclusion. Um, so that's getting people off the dole and, and uh, long-term unemployed, um, single mothers and all of those sort of people, getting them jobs um, and, and helping them uh, get back into the workforce, really. Um, so... Damien has been a champion for us at that. Um, we wanted to get in front of the the um, the wave sort of thing that we knew this was coming. So I suppose uh, three years ago we we brought Damien on board, and in the last eighteen months he's really been focused on on this social uh, enterprise and uh, bringing the Indigenous into the workforce as well. So. Um, <clears throat> 
with his focus on that, um, we've just, as I say, got ahead of the, the wave and been able to use that. Well, it, it's it's more a social thing. We, we want to do that, but um, we want to also um, use that to better our business and become that employer of choice that, that these people want to work for. Give them the opportunity and they can grow. I love that. And that's so cool. And in recent times, the business has also invested in, in creating and evolving and almost championing a, uh, a training centre, which is a, a standalone business of its own right. Um, Paul, what, what, what can you share about how that decision came about? What was the motivation for that? Where is, again, when you, when you think about training and a whole training um, business, which is separate to TDG, of course, how is the, uh, what was the motivation for that decision? And what is the bigger picture for that business? So the motivation has probably been there for a, a, a number of years, if you like, to have our own training arm and we can control the quality that comes out of that training company and, and ultimately ends up by all to stop that for, for us. Um, so in order to control the quality of the training, then that's been a, a, a main driver of us wanting to establish um, Civil Training Australia. So we... Once, once we employed Damien and he had the passion for that as well, we, we found ourselves with, a, with the right jockey to, um, to, to jump into this and, and launch Civil Training Australia. So that's been just on 18 months now, coming up to 18 months. Um, through COVID times, that's been obviously a tricky time to try and run a, establish a, a training centre. Uh, but Damien's background is working closely with a lot of the employee employer employee cohorts that that match um you know there's long-term unemployed and everything that, um, that that ross mentioned before to employers so that's his background so he already had a bit of an insight on how that whole system worked and he could see the the training and the tdg is the employer filling a void to be able to match people to um to companies like ourselves so that was part of Damien's motivation in, to be able to have the tool to enable that to occur. Um, as far as where that can take us, um, it really can be like the sky's the limit you know, in, a large, in a large way. The, a lot of the opportunities that are creating themselves on the back of this COVID situation, as we come out of that, a lot of people are going to be either need to be upskilled or re-employed or uh, what have you. So, there's going to be a lot of focus through government levels on creating the right programs and the right training and the right employment outcomes for people. And you know, we think that Civil Training Australia is going to be in the right place to be able to deliver that, and that could be on a national footprint for us. So uh, it's been a tricky 18 months to this point, but the future looks really bright on that side of the business and can have some real social impact for a lot of people that have been displaced, as we know, through recent times. And what are your um, what's your views on you know there is a genuine there is a bona fide um, um, skill shortage um, I'm going to go personnel headcount shortage yep. as it relates to trades and construction and not just the simple uh, not just simple trades I mean everything top tail end to end is certainly being challenged right now particularly with the the global challenges of of people not being able to move around anymore. There's there's a tightening of the uh, the uh, the skill shortage and headcount shortage. What what 
What have you seen as worked as it relates to the last 12 months, Paul and or Ross or even Joe, as it relates to where people can tap into talent, can tap into, again, within reason, um, people that can um, um, help people or businesses that have got a, a backlog of work but not enough people? Well, for us, well, sorry, Joe, I'll just jump in there quickly. But for us, we, we we have to broaden our horizons as to where people can come to us from. So we've really seen that over the last uh, 12 months or, or more. Um, so it's not just training centres used to train people and hand out business cards and say, give these guys a ring. Um, that's not enough anymore. Uh, there is a skills shortage and that's only going to be more and more so over the next 12 months um, as our industry grows further. So we have to broaden our, our avenues to be able to attract people to come and work um, to us. So again, that's part of the reason CTA is in existence to enable that. Um, and there's a few programs that we're running within that with the, with the employment cohorts that I was talking about before that attract people to the training and then ultimately to us. So. We really have to look at other avenues other than what has been traditionally the norm. And uh, Ross, where do you uh, where do you see the next five years? This is the uh, the tradies hour, um, and, and we have uh, Ross and Paul from Traffic Diversions Group, and Joe uh, Joe from Casaform here as our guest this afternoon. Uh, Ross, where do you see the trades and construction industry? We know there's growth. We know there's just continual growth. But where where do you see it from the lens of TDG? What, what is in the making? What is as part of our next steps? What are we doing as it relates to going to our new frontier? And um, if you can give us a, a minute or two on what you, you as one of the leaders here is um, seeing as the next frontier, what is it? Well, I think the, the next frontier for us is expansion. <clears throat> we've, we've grown Victoria to um, become the best out there, which was our plan. It wasn't to be the biggest. Uh, it was to be the best out there. Um, but being the biggest comes with that if you do it right. Um, the next big move for us is, is to move interstate. I mean, with the group that we've got now that, you know, if we bolt on CTA and, and some of the other groups that we've got, if we go as a, a one-stop shop, um, we're not just going to the other states with... Where a traffic management company put us on, well, why should we? And for us, it's because we offer this and this and this, and you know, it's a one-stop shop for you. So we'll help your business and stop you having to worry about all the the minutia. Let us take care of that. So, for you. so it's fair to say, in hearing that, and, and you know my views on this, but it's fair to say, if you just get the structure right, get that base camp right, build the next layer after that. You can literally, there's no glass ceiling globally, right? And, and, you know, when you go and study success, and by the way, success leaves clues. And a really unbelievable clue to success is a thing, you either want to be benchmark or not, right? You either want to play the game to be in the top 1%, be it, and I love what you said, I don't need to be the biggest, but I'm truly optimising to be bloody benchmark, right, which is better every other day. Um, and there's something about that, hence why I've called my business the business benchmark group versus the business hopeful group. 
or the business, let me break my balls and let's see if I can make it happen soon, right? That's just, that's dumb tax. So I love the fact that, you know, over the last five, six years, we've truly got a great structure. Some homegrown talent, like, you know, when you think about your Rosses and your Zines and, 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 and I can name another 20 in your business that have truly come from the ground up. Why? Because we gave them the opportunity and they took it and they're champions and they're part of the fibre and now we add talent and it just goes up. It's just amazing, truly amazing. So the secret to what is, <laughs> I get asked, so what do you see in the next 10 years? Well, the next 10 years are going to be exactly like the last 10 years, boys and girls, no different. And if you invest in getting clarity around who is my ideal customer, how do I make it easy for them to buy, how do I build a team that follows a structure and we deliver on time and on budget a little bit more than what was promised, and every day I'm invoicing and every other day I get paid versus somehow believing I'm a bank and I never do, I'm going to have a chance to build something that's bigger than me. Whack, now it's a business. And therefore, everything we've discussed today and shared today is on the money. Joe, from your perspective, what do you see as the next frontier in, in, in construction and trade? I mean, 3D, um, 3D buildings um, are happening in Europe right now, like... Two weeks ago, I was reading a, an eight-storey structure in the middle of Italy got built on a 3D printer. Now, if you're not, if you're not thinking about passive home building, if you're not thinking about being benchmarking construction, you will get gobbled up. And there's people in Victoria right now that are already onto this in a bigger way. Joe, from your perspective, what do you see? The look, the well, that's an interesting question. Yes, I've seen those 3D printers, I've physically seen it over in Baumer in uh, Germany, uh, literally printing a house. Uh, incredible technology. We haven't gone down that path, but certainly we're looking at expansion, we're looking at different products from around the world. Uh, there are more opportunities out there than we can really keep abreast of. But having said that, we are trying to keep in front of the of the uh, of uh, you know of the world really I mean we we are sourcing products from all around the world to be the best we can be. Uh, people is going to be a challenge uh, for sure. We are trying to um, uh, you know source those from internal if we can bring them up and train them up. Uh, yeah, people and resources is going to be a challenge for us. But like I think what we've we've done recently is we have actually gone out to market to get the recruiters to find them because ultimately the good people, they're already employed. The ones that aren't employed, question is why would you employ them? Something's not right. So to get them on board, you know, well, if you've got to poach, you've got to poach. Um, and that is best done through a recruiter. Uh, they'll find the talent for you. Uh, thank so you, well said. Uh, this is the Tradies Hour. We're almost um, at the end of today's um, um, sharing. So I'm going to go to each of you and you're going to answer if there was one thing you could recommend. If you were to do this from the start, if today was day one, what would you be doing differently? One, two, maybe three points, but stick to one if you can, Ross. I know you're a talker, mate. So just behave yourself right now. Paul, I'll go to you. If there was one thing you could do if you had your time again, day one, what would you be doing 
as you started Traffic Diversions Group, if this was day one? What's something you can share with our crowd, our guests here today, um, as to what's one thing you could do? Well, I think the one thing is not having that, not having a ceiling on where you think your business might be and where, where it might take you. So that mindset, continual growth, continual improvement, that mindset then just opens up a whole whole range of other, you know, sub sort of topics to that around investing in your people, investing in the, the technology and the efficiencies and those sorts of things that are going to allow you to grow. Um, uh, and obviously company culture, fits right within that. But I said one. How you deal with the people. <laughs> you, just, you didn't limit me on subsets though. <laughs> okay, so remove the glass ceiling. Yep. And and really that then so goes into deep, you know, all that, all that stuff, which is so important. Get out of your own way. Yes. I'm yet to meet a horse that wins the Melbourne Cup without a jockey on it. You are the jockey on your horse called your business. Right at home, win. Celebrate your wins, very important. Ross, if there was one thing you could help anyone hear from you today, if you were doing this again, day one, what would your one be? Use technology more. Embrace uh, we, technology. We, we started to, we've started to really embrace it over the last few years, but um, if we had have started earlier, these systems probably weren't around earlier either. We've grown as the technology's grown and identified that hmm, that might help us in our business. So we've grabbed it. So I can't say that back eight years ago, nearly nine years ago now, that we could have grabbed the technology that we've got now to make our business easier to, to run. Um, but it, it's technology. I think we, we need to look at you know, the 3D printers and all of that sort of stuff. That's, that, that amazes me, that sort of thing. But um, what we do now is to build a system that can um, put out 750 people on the road a day. Now, if we do that, that's fine, but we can do 500 easy. So build the systems a little bit bigger than what you think you need um, because you'll always grow into it. Mate, magnificent. Spoken like a true operations person, mate. I love it. And, uh, Joe, there was one thing you would do if it was day one for you, mate. Yeah, I mean, what Ross said, actually, is future-proofing the business, which is a great, very good point. Uh, look, uh, I, you know what it is with me? And I'm, I consider myself a, probably a seasoned businessman. I've, I've got a few years on me, uh, even though I don't look a year, young, a year older than 20, but that's a, we'll go down that path another day. But you know what it is, uh, Steph? I've always had business coaches oh, a lot of my life. And uh, to me, it's almost an essential part of business. Owning a business is a, can be a lonely, lonely journey. If you're on your own, it's a lonely journey. And just having someone like Business Benchmark Group that's able to sort of get you thinking about stuff. You know, you don't have to implement everything. But if you just take on one thing and and learn and grow. And, and it's about being in that culture which gives you that environment to improve and think about you know, strategies and, and having business plans. And it's all combined into having a coach that can guide you to go, right, have you got your business plan? How do you wanna get your balance between your life 
you know, your personal life and, and business. If you don't put that into play, if you don't think about that, how are you going to achieve it? You're just going to get buried. And, and, and having, you know, someone like Business Benchmark Group behind you, it is, a, I, I swear by it. Mate, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Joe. Thank you, Ross. And thank you, Paul, for the sharings. I think, again, you know, my, my motto is this. Words are good, stories are great, but the numbers never lie, right? So whether you have a coach and or you're forced and, 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 and conjured into strategic thinking, the words are good and the stories are great. But when rubber hits the road and it's counting, it's, uh, it's a score somewhere that you're either going to be happy with or not. Um, that's a wrap. That's today's Tradey Hour. Now, next week, we've got a, a mystery guest from the block. He'll be on our Tradies Hour on next week. And we have uh, James Denton coming from Carpentry Australia. So we've got a big, big, big show on next uh, Monday at 4.30. Thank you, Traffic Diversions Group, and everything you do as it relates to raising the average. Well done to your leadership and your continued journey to freedom, both of you. Joe, thank you for being here and sharing what you've just shared. And, uh, and again, adding value, being additive and power to you and everything you do with your uh, amazing team there at um, Casaform. Everybody have a great and safe um, afternoon. We're one afternoon closer in Victoria to our D-Day being the 26th of October where we might have some freedom, may not, who knows, who's trusting who these days, I've got no idea. But anyway, power to you and uh, be safe, everybody. Thank you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.